Hello, everybody. Welcome to Westworld with Jay, Jack, and Mike. My name is Jay. My name is Mike. No one plays with large balls, darling. And welcome <laughs> to the show. How is everyone doing out there? It is the season finale of Westworld, and thus, it is also the season finale of Westworld with Jay, Jack, and Mike. And uh, it may be another 10 years before we may be as dusty as Bernarnold the next time we all come back and do this podcast. But uh, excited to be talking about it with you all. Uh, Mike, uh, I am thankful that the hat has returned for the finale episode. Um, I mean, it makes sense given one of the post-credit scenes. Yes. Right? Like, yes. we actually saw the OG man in black come back as much as William tries to be a changed man. The man in white on his path to save the world. At the end okay. of the day, who takes him out but the man in this in this hat? Okay, can we just start right there since we, you brought it up? Whoa, whoa. Okay. Wait, I do want to... Wait, wait, wait! Before you jump, before you jump in, I do want to mention this is a live show. Uh, it is on Monday, not the usual Sunday. Uh, so because of it's it's a bit controversial in the in the Jay and Jack universe. Um, but uh, but what's cool about that is is we have a lot of listener feedback that's going to make it into cool. this show. Uh, but since it's also live, we can uh, we have the chat live here as well, so we can plug in uh, your questions live during the listener feedback section. I noticed one of your co-hosts on that show that will not be named uh, is in the audience right now. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, Jack, go ahead. Oh, after all that, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, come on. You're not that old. I'm yeah, man, we haven't taken away too many of your memories at this point. <laughs> yeah, a change. Okay, can we just stop with the whole William was a changed man? He was still the, the same a-hole killing bad kid. He, he was a bad yes, But he now bad he's going to like kill for like good. Well, no, no, yeah. I mean, the thing is that he had a mission. Otherwise, he was just aimlessly doing it to try to satiate a part of him. Now he hey, thinks at least so, he has so, a cause for it. Hey, security guard. Boom. Sorry. I'm on a mission. Boom. You got a family? Boom. I'm sorry. I'm on a mission. It is interesting because I guess that took place at what a Delos facility somewhere that wasn't in L.A. And I will yeah, say like Dubai for Dubai or something like that. Yeah. For as much upheaval as was caused in L.A. due to all the Rehoboam <laughs> stuff being leaked, like seems pretty much fine there. That made me think for a second, like, is this in the distant future for some reason? Because nobody, everyone seems to just be going about their business ordinarily. But maybe it's because it's Delos people and they, I don't know, maybe they're protected from this somehow. It, it's maybe. LA. They're, most people out there are pretty clueless. Just um, <laughs> Spoken like a true San Diegan that hates LA. Uh, I'm, I'm more, you know, open to all peoples, unlike Jack. But anyway, um, I think, yeah, the <laughs> let's, I guess, Let's start with the uh, the post credit scenes because you, you went there, Jack, and I think we all we all went there. So we had two post credit scenes, and one was the return of I guess Robot Man in Black, um, which is kind of cool because it's a bit of a call back to the movie, which you know is mm-hmm. is you know the Yule Brenner, the robot Yule Brenner. Um, but I did kind of have this. Oh, I guess the real William's dead, or so. It was a little muddled to me that one, and then the um, the Bernardold one was cool to see him wake up. I guess it's a lot, you know, further into the future. Um, but I also I was like, you know, is Stub still over there, just like bleeding out slowly? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I think he's pretty much dead at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But it'd been funny if he had some like, you know, nice witty one liner or something like that in the tub. Or he's like, I don't know, like his face is melted away or something. Yeah. To see, he's he's still alive, but he's decayed beyond all measure. <laughs> 
Um, what if we, anyway. what if he come back and he's not even in the tub? <gasps> dun dun dun. I mean, listen, Stubbs better play a larger role in season four, considering that uh, Jack, your big theory about him being the fifth Dolores was a big old, unfortunately. <laughs> and you, you, you had us on it though. Like I thought it would have been an interesting resolution, but I will oh, wait, say wait, 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 wait. That wasn't my theory. That was somebody's theory I read off Twitter. Oh, of course, right now. Oh, that, sure. Now wait, go, 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 no, go back and check the tapes. No, I said I go to. I thought it was a great theory, but one I can't use uh-huh. because it's on. I read it off Twitter. Sure. So I'm like, sure. I didn't say. It. I did say that Maeve would eventually turn on. I guess I was right, but that's okay. Well, oh come on! Everyone knew that Maeve was eventually going to turn on. Uh, did you? A you, never, you, you? You never said it. I mean, I can state the uh, we obvious. We did several times. Yeah, we did. Because that's what everyone assumed. <laughs> but it was actually a theory I had, so it's okay. Go Seriously, ahead. I don't that's, see... Uh, go on, go on, go on. No, see, this is what, this is what happens when you hang out with Rick, Richter and, and Ethan is I think you're... I don't like these these new kids you're hanging out with, Jack. Like, you just you have a really bad attitude. <laughs> too much of a bad influence on you. Yeah, you think exactly. they're a bad influence on me? <laughs> Mike, Mike and I have brought you here because, you know, we're, we're concerned for you. and uh... okay. In front of this live audience. <laughs> But again, it wasn't my theory about Stubbs, but I I still thought it was a great theory. Um, so yeah, so I guess uh, we're gonna Shaloris, um, I guess is the big bad, um, cool. Uh, I mean, I, guess I think he's... it makes sense given her trajectory. Yeah, right? like she was initially a Dolores, which was apparently brought in under this more white hat purpose. Even though mm-hmm. to Jack's point, you know, I think we'll certainly talk about like this revelation about Dolores's mission and whether or not it was worth all the people that she gunned <laughs> down and like all these people's lives that she ruined. Uh, yeah. But you know, Charlotte was meant to be a part of that. And I think losing her family and like becoming a victim in Dolores's ultimate goal, as good as it may have been, it just like either it really corrupted her or she finally fully, uh, fully like absorbed the Charlotte Hale in her. Cause remember that Charlotte Hale episode was like, Oh, she's the beast. You know, like there's this heartless mm-hmm. person inside of you. And I, I think it's just her fully embracing that. And so now have that coupled with, I guess she has her hand somehow on the forged data uh, that Sirak wanted so much because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how she got, you know, the man in black, the host version out. And assumingly, that's what all those machines are working on. It's just bringing back some of our favorite hosts. So it seems like the host takeover while was sort of sidelined by Dolores's mission might actually become a possibility in season four. If Charlotte has anything to say about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, which, which is better than I guess, or I, the, the, the end credit scene at least made Shaloris's presence, have more meaning uh because her showing up in the episode i was like oh i'm just can we can we not have her in this right now because i'm kind of enjoying this other scene i'm just like now she's kind of ruining this whole uh thing um but i i get that i get the story that they're trying to tell there for sure so you didn't you didn't like it when she popped up no no, I was annoyed by it, to be honest. I mean, I think really? the way that she showed up wasn't great. It was just like the, hey, she told Dolores, like, hey, I'm still alive and I'm betraying you. Yeah. And, then, and then Dolores easily, like, turned the people back on her. Right. There was yeah. also this interesting thing where it seemed like every time she talked, her, like, face flickered. Because she was or a lit up. projection or whatever. Yeah. So I guess it was, like, part of the hologram or something. It was sort of like how last episode, remember how we only saw her face? I thought, like, mm-hmm. okay, is she still patched up from the burn? I guess she yeah. was, except for one arm when she purposely 
left that way as a reminder of what humanity has done to her. But I mean, I think it's an interesting turn in the character, especially like we thought as an audience, we got we swerved into like, oh, Dolores actually was fighting for a somewhat noble cause. And then you still have this character that was doing what we thought Dolores was doing the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. We're we're not we're not out of the woods yet. But I guess maybe that's another reason why Charlotte's presence was sort of innocuous is because they really want to set her up as like, no, she's truly the evil representation of what Dolores could have been capable of. And so Maeve and Caleb and whoever's left is going to have to watch out come season four. And that's, yeah, exactly. But to me, I just, I found it was just a little muddled that, uh, Shaloris actually cared for a family, which was like opposite of Charlotte. who didn't care about anybody. And their death is what made her actually care about nobody, which that didn't make sense to me in terms of that character arc versus well, she, she, she became angry. She became. So then like be angry and fight on the side of good. Like now you're, you're going against you're but, mad like at Dolores, I, like, but really like it was Sorak that like killed you. She, we didn't need, uh, we didn't need Charlotte to come in and Shaloris to come in and tell Dolores that she was going to turn on her. She just had to listen to this podcast about three weeks ago. <laughs> That's all she had to do, but uh, she she uh, she's she's bitter. She was angry. That was a trigger. That's uh, she she was caring for the first time ever, right? Yeah. And suddenly she cares, and and Dolores, you know, said, "No, you got to do this mission, and it doesn't matter what happens." And and then again, go to that, that scene where she says, "Why did you give us feelings? Why did you let us feel things?" Mm-hmm. And that was the that was the downfall. Yep, and she's she seems to be the one that felt betrayed by the fact that you know Dolores had sent her back into Delos, knowing full well, like even Sorak said it, like she led you into a trap. And even though yeah. she'd get away with poisoning the entire board, she knew that as well. Of like, this is what happened with Connells. This is what happened with some of the other people. Is that like Dolores just purposely uses these other brainball versions of her as kind of bait to serve mm-hmm. the larger purpose? And yeah. this is. I think because of the personality she was intermingled with this Dolores version was mad as hell and not going to take it anymore. Whereas maybe the other ones were a bit more fine with being a cog in the machine. You could almost say Dolores was the same as the people running, um, running the host at Westworld, right? They had a, she had, you know, a program that they had to basically follow. Mm. And if they die, they die. Right, well, that's and that's the thing. Interestingly, as well, because you know we had this whole thing about choice this episode with Caleb, and Dolores really wasn't giving her versions a choice. Right, <laughs> she was sort of giving them to Jack's point a, a plan to run through to serve mm-hmm. this greater purpose. And I can imagine that there, there might be some resentment there from yeah. Shaloris's end. And, and now that you know, I'll be interested to see if Sorak is alive, if Sorak is dead, what happens to Delos, considering that he had the controlling share in it. Because yeah. if I mean, if Shaloris is able to get control of Delos back, obviously seems she could can be very the easily yeah. use their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, I get it. I get all the ways it could happen, but I was just more annoyed by it. And out of <laughs> out of all this episode, I was annoyed by that the most. Um, did, so then did the post credit scene make up for that, in your opinion? Kind of, but then I was a little bit kind of like okay well then what was like william's point then if he's just going to be killed in this scene and now we've got a, a host william like is he gonna have is this like a um does he have his consciousness in that william or is this gonna be almost like Char- shaloris is gonna have the same thing happen to her that happened to 
uh, uh, Dolores where, mm. you know, maybe she put her brain inside Man of Black or use whatever data they have, but it's actually going to turn on Dolores. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I it, To me, it's just like, why have this whole arc for William just to have him killed in the end um, and I mean, replaced I guess, by yeah. a robot version? But he was never going to do the right thing. He, it, it, that was all, that was just a bunch of crap. He was never going to do that. He doesn't know the right what the right thing is. Then why keep his story going along? Like why have the scene in the bank? It's, it's and Ed Harris. Like you have to do back Ed Harris, and, and then you bring him back. Well, then and bring then you the robot to br- you bring have the a way robot to bring Ed Harris back in season four. By you don't have to. You killed off Anthony Hopkins season one. Like you're telling me. Like, I love Ed Harris, but Anthony Hopkins just. I mean, to me, like uh, I don't know. I just I feel like they. Uh, the, when we talked about like uh, Bernard and Ed Harris's storylines, like okay, hopefully it's going to lead somewhere. I really liked right. how they handled Bernard's story and then bringing it to Arnold's story, um, and it was a really moving scene, really moving sentiment, and kind of really drove the story forward. So I thought they did a really good job of like kind of landing the plane uh, on the Bernard story arc versus Williams, which they kind of just had it bits and pieces here and there. And then he gets to wherever he's going because he's going to save the world. But now he's just dead. Yeah, I wonder if that was because, like, William had reached his end, like, from his own game, psychologically speaking, right? Like, he had sort of achieved his own goal by reconciling the bad stuff that he did and giving himself a higher purpose. And that, ironically enough, is like, you know, didn't he say in in his episode, like, you know, uh, there's a pine box waiting for me and now he finally found it so i guess that's the big irony because i agree i think that's a character that i would want to explore more this idea of to your point jack like this guy really has a guidepost that is like really not for good but he believes that it is and so he's almost like a fanaticist in that regard but we sort of end up killing him off but i wonder if there is some sort of justice behind that this at least gives an opportunity for ed harris to go like full you know, like for lack of a better term, robotic next season, because I yeah. mean, we could, uh, there could be a Shaloris thing happening. I wouldn't want it to happen twice, but yeah, I mean, exactly. I just imagine that this is just going to be like Shaloris is lackey, that this is just going to be like a cold blooded killer because this, yeah. again, this is cobbled together from how William acts in the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to imagine it's going to be like the most ruthless character this show has ever seen. Yeah. Which is cool. It's good visuals and stuff, but like, is that, if it is just, you know, Shaloris's, you know, uh, sidearm, like, is that a compelling story for William at this point? Um, so, yeah, I, I uh, to me, like, William deserved better than a post-credit scene death. Uh, and, um, but, you know, that's, that's just my opinion. Everything else in the episode I love, but the Shaloris-William thing, I was kind of like, meh. And at least we know now, like, the, like you said, like, the connection back to the season two finale, sort of. Yes. Like, I guess our assumption is that, like, th- that was indeed a host William that was getting tested for fidelity. Yeah. The question is, is that the host William that we just saw kill, you know, himself? Or was this, like, <laughs> did that take place in a similar time as the Dusty Bernard thing, which seems to take place years and years in the future? Because yeah. I remember that the Forge was, like, pretty dilapidated when we went yeah. to that post credit scene. And I-, I don't know if it would be in that state of disrepair in season three. No. It definitely wouldn't. Um, it would be neat if the Bernard post-credit scene and the post-credit scene in season two sync up timeline-wise. Yeah, there's a chance that it might. Um, but yeah. then, if that's the case, then like, what's that version of William? You know, could there be mm-hmm. a case where like that William ends up breaking out of the forge, and now you have 
sort of like the afterlife soul version of William versus mm-hmm. the soulless corporeal <laughs> form of him. Just give Ed Harris more stuff to do. And I, and I agree with you about the Bernard stuff as well. But like, yeah, it's it's weird because I do agree that like they landed the plane on that character, but the entire plane ride for that character has been so full of turbulence the entire yeah. season that like it almost yeah. doesn't make up with it for me. Sure, yeah. No, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um uh, so let's let's go on to Bernard's story here, um, and and we'll save the meat and potatoes for the the last half of this. But uh, so for Bernard, uh, to your point, a lot of turbulence in his storyline this year. Uh, if this is a plane <laughs> ride, um, but what I, I kind of already shared what I thought of its conclusion in this episode, in that he has the key. Um, you know, it's a Delor- it wasn't supposed to be a foil to Dolores. He was the one that was actually supposed to maybe take them to the promised land or whatever. Um, well, it explains why Dolores kept him alive. Right. Yeah. So I guess I never understood the whole, like, thing she told him at the end of last season, right? The, like, the, you're here to stop me in case things go too far. Because, again, yeah. as we said, they never interacted. I don't know if that was, like, a line that she was feeding him or if it was mm-hmm. more so symbolic of like in case things go too far like you have the valley beyond you have yeah. the, what is it called the sublime so like you're the fail safe almost mm-hmm. yeah i mean that that could be it, it turns out that's what it probably was yep yeah but that does make it a little bit of a beta a, a bit of a bait and switch on the whole dolores storyline you know of her kind of being the one that's gonna bring about the end of the human civilization but actually she's gonna save it um and you know that kind of fits in with that as well with bernard's kind of twist there that he isn't supposed to be the one going against dolores he's the one that's like the fail safe in case dolores uh, gets deleted in case the hard drive if she breaks the hard drive or the hard drive crashes and uh then you got bernard just in case well just and then the question is you know so obviously he spent however much time like in the valley beyond so i guess the question is like could we see a possibility of like not only his time in there but like teddy uh like uh, uh, aki akichita mm-hmm. you know uh babe's daughter like some <laughs> yeah. other characters like i wonder if westworld could turn into because now with the possibility of evan rachel wood being done on the show i wonder mm-hmm. if this can turn into a show sort of like the Game of Thrones books are, not the show, but the books of, like, characters might just disappear for seasons at a time. Yeah. And then reappear. So, like, I would not be completely surprised to see, like, James Marsden show up for Mm -hmm. a couple episodes, you know, as we see Bernard navigate what the Valley Beyond was and what he's supposed to do with that. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of cool storytelling uh, techniques they could use with it. And, um, you know, uh, Clone Wars just wrapped up today uh, and it was amazing. But something I think Clone Wars is kind of cool from a storytelling perspective is they would focus on like story arcs, which was like three or five episodes on just like a certain subset of characters and just following a a cohesive story. Um, And I could see something like that in Westworld work really well where, you can just focus on a, a, a few characters and then that's its own kind of story arc. And then you go follow a couple other characters and maybe parts of those stories intertwine um, much like the, the game of Thrones books uh, do like you talked about, Mike. I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of ways you could go about it. Um, but I, I do look forward to however that's going to play out. Uh, even if it's going to be 10 years before we find out. <laughs> um, but do you think that because we, we talked about last, was it last week where they said uh, Bernard said to Stubbs, "We need, we'll need, we may need him for something." William, was it they were trying to protect William? 
Did maybe he knew Shaloris was yeah that was that, creating, again that was, was sort creating, of like was creating because it never made sense yeah okay this guy is he says he's going to kill all of us all yeah. the hosts why why are we keeping him alive was maybe the plan to keep William around because William maybe had a you know they could have used him for something down the road and they had to protect him from Sh- Shaloris no no was it was it just like speaking towards Barnard's like naivete and I like his general belief in humanity because yeah i would i would say that as much as you want to talk up the bernard storyline i would say the conclusion of like the gas station standoff really did not pay off in my opinion so i'm glad we sort of got that out of the way at the beginning of the episode yeah, so, we, yeah. so those characters could sort of move on with their own separate paths which were both yep. more interesting in their own right yeah right. exactly yeah the we all knew Stubbs was gonna get shot at least we knew that uh and yeah again even like I think it makes far more sense that Bernard just didn't know what he was doing and thought he might need him, but really he didn't need him. But speaking of that, uh, I mean, speaking of characters making a return appearance, Lawrence coming back for yeah. like a, a little cameo here with some explosives. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. fun. Um, are we going to theorize who the other person was in the mask that we didn't get to see? Well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, so obviously this was... I forgot about that guy. This was, this was Dolores' doing, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. I'd heard some stuff that, like, I think when we see like the Fight Club esque ending of Caleb and uh, Maeve hanging out, that those explosions might have been caused by whatever Lawrence was talking about with the fireworks, right? Because we mm-hmm. don't see them again for the rest of the right. episode. Yeah. So I guess yeah. the question is, when did she do that, or is that a Charlotte thing of having access to building hosts and was trying to help Bernard in that regard? That's where I, I did think, okay, is this uh, Dolores Dolores or Shaloris Shaloris uh, set up here? <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't know because, you know, was there, like, one left that we didn't know about? And that's Lawrence. But it seemed like, well, I guess she could have just hired humans uh, like she did for all the other roles here. A, uh, also, rest in peace, uh, beast mode. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Uh, so Caleb said go back and help him. So, like, I don't know. Wait, between that, we don't know if Ciroc's dead. Uh, yeah. We might know if not know if Evan Rachel Wood's dead. So like, yeah. I, I think Sorak. I think Sorak is still alive because uh, Maeve didn't double tap him. So <laughs> yeah, do you think it's it's one of those things of like because we didn't see his death on screen, that means that he's alive? Yeah, yeah. We didn't see his head get cut off. It's a Highlander situation. He, he's definitely we didn't see injured, him decapitated. Mm-hmm. But, and I guess, I he, and I guess dead. he is sort of like uh, he's also like dismembered to a certain extent, right? Because like. We'll we'll talk about this down the line, but we find out that like he has his own bicameral mind that Rehoboam mm-hmm. has been giving him all these instructions. Like yeah. now he's without that, you know, insight has been shut down, like the system's been gutted. So he essentially is without like his guiding in life and the mm-hmm. thing that he works tirelessly for. So it's almost like he's dead. He just yeah, didn't he, know he, he might he might be he might be the new stubs. No, he, he might right. be the new William where we just get a weird storyline for like a season and then he dies. Yeah, I mean, I could see a thing where like Maeve uh, puts him in cryo sleep or something along with his brother, you know, have him share the same little <laughs> same. Little yeah, pod. yeah, that, that'd be cool. I'd be down with that. Which, by the way, apparently I read something where uh, you see in the first scene of the episode when like one of the late coming uh delos people or inside people check in on the power system apparently it was in reserve power so unfortunately our big theory of all the outliers being thawed and wreaking havoc on the world was uh was not seen this season though it didn't really need to be but seen there, considering how there was always stuff happening but there did seem like there was more people uh writing right and then we discovered that that's partially because of dolores 
Mm-hmm. Right. Which um, I thought was interesting. That like I mean, but there were just more there were just more people. I mean, it was it's like it wasn't sparse. I mean, not sparse. It was one word I'm looking for. It wasn't you know, we've seen that we've seen oh they're rioting. There's like three people over there spray painting the wall. And mm-hmm. This was yeah. an actual riot. I mean, we finally a, had people in the streets where for a lot of this season we were like, yeah. I've never seen LA so empty. What's going but on? But the question like, is again, was that Dolores is doing because we find out that like in accessing Rehoboam, she sort of took, you know, control of the Rico app mm-hmm. and right. was now like paying off people to like, hey, you know, helped, you know, uh help carry Caleb to this destination, help yeah. reroute the protests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where Marshawn Lynch and Ash were sort of came into everything. So yep. I can imagine that maybe it was just that she wanted this night to be like the night. And so causing a big distraction, and overwhelming the police with hundreds and hundreds of extras, like this was the night to do it. And just like the Super Bowl against the Patriots, uh, Marshawn Lynch came up a yard short. Oh, I was going to say, at least there was no forward pass, you know, he was doing what <laughs> no, he, he did. He did, though. He uh, he threw back one of the tear gas grenades that got thrown at him. Oh, yeah. Right. Got him again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about it. let's talk about Caleb's kind of journey here. Um, because it's, it's kind of, we had this pass pawn episode last week, which I thought was kind of cool, him ascending into, you know, being Argus, uh, promoted to a, you know, queen or, you know, the, the person in charge, the leader. Um, I was hoping we'd get more of a, you know, Independence Day speech kind of thing. Uh, but he was still a little bit of reluctant, uh, hero or the reluctant leader, uh, in this episode, um, and a lot of doubt and a lot of not truly believing in why he's there, why he's not there, um, even to the end, now that Maeve's kind of his guide. Uh, but w- what was your all's thoughts on kind of Caleb's uh, conclusion in this episode or finishing of a season three story arc? Well, Jack, I'm glad he didn't have an Independence Day type speech because it would have been out of character for him. Mm-hmm. I think he's not ready. He's more seasoned. He's not, yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's not ready. He's not, you know, he's not been a leader. You know, he's been. Yeah, I mean, to, so, to Jack's point, the very last thing we see in the last episode is, yes, while Aaron Paul does have this look of anger and determination on his face, he acts as this virtual assistant that says, hello, Caleb, here are your orders. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though he has this adamancy more so than he did before, he still is being directed. And the very first thing we see him do is go to the, one of these facilities and rebuild Dolores, uh, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting as well. You know, obviously this was this seemed to be the big Dolores send off episode. Make yeah. that what you will, but right. I do love this image of you know the final form that Dolores takes here is the first one that we saw chronologically, yep. which is like the OG, you know, Terminator yep. metallic frame Dolores. Yeah. It, it was very you know get symbolic of the whole full circle thing, but I feel like that's the thing is that as much as she keeps saying, you're going to be the leader, you're going to be the leader. Maybe it's because she anticipated what was going to happen, that she would be Mm -hmm. out of the picture. Uh, But yeah, he didn't really seem to, to have to really carry out anything. I guess Mm -hmm. maybe when she sort of put him on his own path, he did, but you know, it really came down to the choice that, you know, he had to make. And and we get to see that. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons Dolores, we were wondering the entire time, like did Dolores seek Caleb out or was it just happenstance? And it looks like she, really did seek him out because yeah. he was in her past once upon a time. Yeah, right. Yeah. The, his, he was, a, the, he was a good guy made the right decision. Well, and I, what I do like that Westworld does kind of show is all human beings, uh, have, you know, a, a series of choices. 
Um, and, you know, no person's perfect. No person has made the right choice every single time. But this still is like the, the act of choosing. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and, and I do like that the, the conclusion for him was, all right, they deserve the chance to make that choice and not have it made for them. Um, and, you know, when given the power, and he was given the ultimate power, that's the choice that he made. Um, which I thought was, which I thought was nice. I thought it was a good story there. Um, and uh, now that he's kind of post the destruction of Rehobram, um, and kind of Maeve's at his side. I'm, I'll be curious to see where his storyline goes in season four. Now that if Dolores is truly gone, um, is he truly going to be the leader? Um, and I and I would like to see if it's a time jump or whatever, but kind of see. Um, I, I'm excited to see where his story goes because I, from the very beginning of the season, I really like the idea of introducing a human character as the leader of the revolution. Not not even leader of the revolution at the time. I didn't think that, but just like having mm-hmm. a human as part of the revolution. Um, and then the fact that became this past pawn and, and became, you know, the, or hopefully the presumptive leader of the revolution. I think uh, he, I think he has the qualities to grow into a leader. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah, know, I mean, if, if there's a time jump, then, you know, over, you know, he, you know, he was, he, ha- he seems to have made the right choices, you know, it, in, in Dolores's eyes, so I think he, I think he has to, he'll be the leader. Well, I think the question is like, what does he need to be the leader of? Like, I wonder if it was really just be the leader for this one thing, which was to make the decision to shut down Rehoboam and to essentially release everybody from their cage, because from there, theoretically, everybody can make their own choices. Like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't need a leader. But I yeah. found it such a, a such a great twist to me because really, Dolores became the Ford in this situation right Mm -hmm. like she became as much as she was shown as like this big leader uh and really this big like uh you know variable it turned out that she was more so the 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 vessel to get someone to quote unquote wake up Mm -hmm. and for them to sort of take control of their own actions and it's that seemed to be the plan the entire time they kept asking her throughout this episode like why this one guy why this one man Sirach, mm-hmm. tried to turn it back on to caleb again really using his outsider status his outlier status against him by being mm-hmm. like you have capacity for violence you're a sociopath but it turns out that you know dolores remembered the kindness that he had and knew yep. like if i can just get one person to wake up at this one portion of time they can break the system like yep. arnold and ford did with me yeah i mean look at the havoc i caused in season two that got me to where <laughs> i am now and as a result, Caleb is the one to then break the chains of all mm-hmm. of humanity. Yeah. Now, if, if if Caleb's not the leader, is there any point on bringing back Aaron Paul? I mean, if he's not, what would be his role? I guess the question is, like, what does the next season look like? You know, if the next season is indeed Shaloris trying to indeed have, you know, hosts take over the world, maybe you bring him in there. Um, I mean, he did. He is a very Johnny come lately to the host world to the point where, like, he was <laughs> still astounded in the beginning of the episode. Like, what the hell are you, Dolores? You know, he really he knows the term host, but it seems like he's been coming around to it. Though I guess we have found out that Caleb had more experience with hosts mm-hmm. than we initially thought of. And mm-hmm. you know what? I was reviewing my notes, and there were, one thing I really like about this season is there were so many little things planted, and one of them was like seeing Caleb's friendship and kindness towards his coworker at the mm-hmm. construction site, right? This yeah. robot that like just got right. thrown out by these other guys not only shows yeah. Caleb's kindness, but also shows the fact that like, Hey, he might have a soft spot in his heart for artificial technology, which mm-hmm. connects back to 
when he was in the park once upon a yeah. time and stopped his fellow soldiers from making, you know, some very lewd decisions. Yeah. Right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And at, at that point he, he did show leadership qualities because they all yeah. listened to him. So, well, yeah. And I just, I think that's where a really nice, well fleshed out story arc for, for him in this season. Um, and yeah, I think, Again, I, I I look forward to where they take him. I don't think it's going to be a one and done this season for Aaron Paul. I think, you know, hopefully yeah. he's somebody that's that's there. Um, and, and he's honestly, to me, he was one of the most compelling characters in this season. Um, so I, I would hope that his story will continue on after after it's all. Yeah, and, and I loved the irony of the fact that you know, again, Sirac was trying to contain Dolores, right? Like mm-hmm. she's this big variable; she's going to cause everything. And the one thing to shut down and you know create what he feared the most was not a host but a human and granted yeah. it was a human that he was trying to curb with his program uh right. but you know he was looking so much at one particular thing that he didn't necessarily notice that you know dolores would pull a fast one on him sort of like what she did before she would die but she'd still live on in the form yep. of another person that would carry out her actions for her yeah, and that's kind of the beauty of it, the past pawn, right? It's like it's the one, it's this little piece you didn't weren't thinking about. You're paying attention to all these other moves, mm-hmm. and you weren't paying attention to this one thing, and that's the thing that came up and actually bit you in the butt. Um, and for, you know, there's there's a lot of... <laughs> when you're playing like really good chess players of the Sorak-level quality, a lot of times they'll lose sight of the really simple, like, nonsense moves that, you know, maybe some people wouldn't make, so... Um, I, I really liked that in terms of Ciroc's downfall in this season. Right, and I guess Ciroc and Rehoboam as well, right? Since again, yeah. like now we can say that their motives were one and the same, which again, mm-hmm. like says so much. It's a fun little twist on the character because again, we thought he was so menacing, not realizing that he was merely, as Maeve says, a puppet for this larger entity. Uh, and even though it is, you know, we're trying to really humanize this form of AI in the show that this mm-hmm. AI was working to almost subjugate humanity and trying to prevent what Dolores was trying to do was a really interesting perspective. And I think helped put Ciroc's character at a lot of viewpoints as well. And again, it, it's I mean, he was human, but I guess he sort of wasn't in that like he was not if, if being human is making your own choices. Ciroc has done None of that in mm-hmm. from what right. we saw in like the Kermit timeline this season. Yep. Yeah. He's basically and, a host. I mean, it was, he was, you know, being dictated what. So, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to hang on to where Jack was wrong in that Ciroc wasn't dead. He was just, you know, had a little Bluetooth headset in there. Um, but what did we think <laughs> of the reveal of, you know, Ciroc? Because there was just these little clues that something was different or something, something had happened. And even last week, there was just like, I'm not the brother, I'm not the brother you last knew or whatever. Um, what did we think of that kind of reveal that, uh, no, he just had like a, you know, a hotline uh, into. Well, how do, uh, how do we know? he wasn't a host and he was his uh he was just he was killed and just made a like he's like the man who met the man in black who killed william we, we, Anyways, we don't know so i want the reveal that we so, do so, know so we, so we can't say i was wrong because we don't know for sure um what about what we do know uh in that he, <laughs> so what what do we think of what was revealed uh in this uh, in this episode uh i i do really like that he ended up being the the he wasn't the puppet master he was the puppet i really like that turn of events yeah it was it was a fun little turnaround because again we thought that he was like a big 
you know, villain the entire time. And specifically that, like, he was the big bad representing humanity. Mm-hmm. But again, the irony that he was, you know, he had somebody giving him directions the entire mm-hmm. time. I think it was also a great representation of, like, how deadly Rehoboam was. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the stuff from last episode wasn't an indicator of, like, everyone being put on their path yeah. and, you know, having their lives dictated by what this, you know, s- this algorithm is going to protect of what you want to do, the fact that its biggest mouthpiece uh, and also, like, most actionable p- person is completely controlled by it. Apparently, like, did not rebel against it whatsoever. Yeah is really really scary and i i'm I'm excited to eventually rewatch the season under the lens of a lot of things one of them obviously being dolores's true mission and the other one Mm -hmm. being like watching serac and seeing like now that we know that essentially this is rehoboam in a person yeah much like you know in the season two finale that the 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 forge was logan in a person Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. what does what does that say how do we know what rehoboam is like now that we have it in the form of a, of a person that isn't really necessarily acting like a person. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, the, the, I, I would be curious on a rewatch to see how many clues were there. Um, and again, I love the kind of interplay there where this season we thought it was going to be robots versus humans. And it was, but it was flipped where it was really the kind of the lead uh, was actually turned out to be a human, not Dolores. And then the, the counterpart was a computer that was using a human to basically execute different plans. So I think that was a really neat twist. I think it was a really neat kind of buildup and, and kind of just showed all, all of the possible futures for our current society that we live in right now, which is getting more and more, into you know algorithms and and you know what's what's the dangers of that you know where Mm -hmm. you know uh, ad by uh, ads can like know what you're thinking and put stuff out there like there's been times i've thought of something and a damn ad has shown up for it um like that's happening now give it 30 years like how how much is that going to be actual an actual influence uh, on your life um because it's already like even even when you're applying for jobs, a lot of resume polling now is done by algorithms, by computers. Like it's not done by humans anymore. So, uh, like it's so to me when kind of dystopian future stuff gets it really right is when it really ties into present day really well. And so much of the season did. And to me, the Ciroc twist was a great you know kind of mm-hmm. capping to the to the end of what they showed us in season three of Westworld. And I think the one brief glimpse that we got of Sorok the person was after, you know, Rehoboam shut down. I thought it was super interesting where Sorok actually called Rehoboam brother. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think it also shows as well, like w- the impact that Jean Mihai, because I, I don't know, I know the same actor did the voice for Solomon last episode. I don't know if he did the same voice for Rehoboam as well, but I think that would be an interesting choice too of like, this is a guy who even posthumously is sort of dictating his brother's life even though his brother tried to like you know put him away for a little bit that voice is still in his head which is always Mm -hmm. fun right because that connects back to the bicameral mind from season one of dolores hearing arnold's voice until she was able to hear her own and theoretically make her own decisions yep exactly exactly um Jack, what I mean, it, any thoughts for you? I mean, you, I know you kind of like did your whole shtick about saying your theory could still be true, but like, what's what's your feelings here? Well, I'm, I'm reading. The, I was reading the chat. Eckhart made a good point. You can still argue that the brother is indirectly controlling uh, Sirach via Rehoboam. 
Oh, since the, I'm, I didn't. Wow, that was pretty cool. Since the brothers main code are behind Rahul, so I, you know, he. I guess I was technically right. So, I, I, you know, it's not He's about being not right dead. or wrong. That's not what Eckhart said. What are you talking about? Yeah, since the main, since the brother was the main coder, but then that was my theory that the brother was was controlling, uh, was controlling uh, Ciroc. How did we get it. from Ciroc is definitely dead? To yeah, that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, someone asked, Eckhart made a better point than I did. So, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um... All right, let's let's go on here. Let's go to Maeve's uh, storyline. Uh, there's a lot what, of like. Can we just say this: What took Maeve so long to wake up? I mean, yeah. I, I think we were saying it all season. Like, okay, when is she going to actually join Dolores' side here? Or there has to be a a turn or something like that. And uh, it finally like happened with like, hour. yeah, exactly. Because like Ross never never put never gave, in my opinion, never gave her a reason to believe him. Yeah, I agree. it was, yeah. It was weird. Like, she, she's she's like in this episode, right? She told Dolores, like, you know, she he guaranteed like or he said, uh, I think she told Caleb, like, you know, she gave me the opportunity to see my daughter. I will someday. It won't be today. But yeah. Then, like in a previous episode, she told Dolores, like, I don't care about seeing my daughter at this point. Yeah. Like, that's not what it, so I'm just I, Tandy Newton gave an interview where she was admittedly, I think, a little. I'm going to say disaddened, but I guess she she admitted that Maeve's path in seasons two and three were a little aimless yep. compared to season one. Yeah. And I, I would kind of agree. And and maybe, again, a rewatch will help sort of focus in on mm-hmm. what her motives are. But yeah, yeah. It, 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 and I guess from that perspective, knowing that, you know, considering what Dolores was actually trying to do and knowing that Ciroc was officially like the capital B big bad. Yeah. It right. just further confuses me as to like, how Maeve did not have the judgment to know yeah. that and to like, unless this was the plan the entire time, it's, 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 it's Cause, unfortunate. Cause Maeve, cause, cause Maeve was smart, intelligent. How did she not exactly. figure out? I, it just, there was no, I don't, I just, it never, the whole season never made sense to me. I know we talked about it a lot that so what, why is she, why, why, what, you know, when Dolores and reaches even, out to her, yeah. Who are you going to trust Dolores or this, this madman? Yeah, who's being that, controlled by his brother allegedly. So and 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 especially because, uh, again, like so, so smart, so cunning, um, really up until this season, uh, where it's just like, I what are, what are you doing? I just I like, when are you, when are you gonna turn? And then it finally happened after like Dolores is essentially dead. I'm like, oh well, thanks. Now now you're on the good side, I guess. But like, and then the whole con- button controller thing I was like. Wait, you could have done that the whole time. Just why don't you do that? Like, I don't know, ten episodes. Maybe ago. I, maybe she didn't realize till that point that she could do it. You, well, maybe maybe she didn't her like she speed force she, thing where like she really needed like Dolores' the, encouragement to break or, or, through that final barrier. Well, at that point, at that point, she needed to she needed to do it to survive. Right? She had to do it. So maybe she just. Try, I, I'm just. I'm trying to help. I'm just trying to help them out here. <laughs> Because if she doesn't, if she doesn't destroy it, she's dead, right? So maybe she really. Oh, I got, I got. This, let me. It's one thing I got in my sleep. We can oh, say that the last time, the first episode, he did it, or the second episode, I think she was. I mean, he did it. He did it in this episode, and then she was just yeah. able to like. You oh, know, actually, I can break that over, now with my mind. Over, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it was just like an emotional overdrive type of thing where, like, she felt so angrily betrayed 
mm-hmm. by this guy. Whereas the first time, like she was just very confused. She just yeah. met him. And yeah. so this time, like her rage from Dolores has been channeled. And so she just goes bananas, turns off the lights for a second, slices yeah. everybody up, like mortally <laughs> wounds Sorak. Uh What did you think of a uh, Maeve versus Dolores part two after, you know, what we saw last week? Well, it was great until Shalora showed up and like basically <laughs> one well, they, had to out, they had to figure out a way for Dolores because Dolores was obviously superior to Maeve, you know. And even when 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 Dolores let Maeve live, she could easily have killed her at that point. Maeve still didn't go okay. I, yeah, and uh, Matt Therese, uh, I think, has a good uh, opinion I'm going to uh, mention. Uh, this season felt like there was no second act. They spent so much time introducing everything, and by the time they were done, it was no, uh, it was time to get to the end. That's a um, good point, because yeah, I think even up to the last episode, right, like there were, we were still finding things out about the characters, specifically mm-hmm. someone like Caleb. And so this episode, while it was extended, it did feel like we had a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And as a result, while some storylines like the Dolores and Caleb and Ciroc stuff was really, really well done and mm-hmm. patched it up really nicely, then you get like your William Bernard and yeah. Maeve storylines, on the other hand, that felt uh, a bit more slipshod when you look back at the smaller moments throughout the season. Absolutely. Do you think it could be uh, because Jeffrey Wright is, you know, he's in demand right now, maybe doesn't have the time to work on uh, Westworld as much as. I'm, I'm I'm throwing it out so, there because it didn't see because he's in every episode almost. It's not he's, like yeah, but but it's it's not it, they're not except for that one episode. There's not a there's not a lot of of, of his character, right? I bet I bet they wrote it for him. He would be there. I, I don't know if it's like a hit. Yet. They're all in, uh, relatively in demand. I I don't know. I I don't. I wouldn't say it's that. I just feel like I'm just throwing it out there. I, I think I'm maybe help, I'm trying to help the uh, writers. I mean, I could I could just see a thing of like. Are you on the payroll? had some character beats plotted out for like Dolores in particular. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was a matter of like figuring out where the other characters fit in there. And I think Mm -hmm. some just fit in a bit stronger than others. Yeah. Because I I, I think that's more it than anything. And I think trying to put it into eight episodes, and this was the first time they wrote for eight episodes, I feel like there was this element of. They, they did a really, to me, like up to the reveal of, you know, they're all Dolores, I thought was just, I, I really liked everything up to that point. And then there's just like, okay, we're still getting stuff done. We're still figuring out. I think we still got like the Caleb backstory episode six, seven. Um, and then we have the final episode. So there's just, there's no, you had to spend so much time bringing in this, these new characters like Caleb mm-hmm. and Sorak. That just wasn't well, enough time in eight episodes well, to get it. They had to do that because maybe they knew they were getting rid of Dolores, William. Um, well, then, I know, mean, William's you know, still there. Still, still there, but I'm just. But Dolores could be gone, so you don't want to start season four with character. And it looked like at the end, Bernard, because Bernard's look was when he wakes up is more sinister than to me. Than oh, you think he's gone? He's gone bad. He's broke bad. I don't know. He had, his look was wasn't like, "Hey, I'm awake." It was like, "Hey, stuff is over there dead." It was. It was. It ha- he had a very, to me, a sinister look. So maybe, you know, because people were complaining all season. I know you guys were that we need more Bernard, more Bernard, more Bernard, and I think season four will will probably have more Bernard, or at least. I would say more driven Bernard. Like the look yes. that I got from him wasn't necessarily like, "Oh, now it's time to take over the world." I think it's more so like, "I know my mission." 
mm-hmm. at this point, which we'll find out what the mission is. But I think that's a good point, Jack, that I think as aimless as Bernard is, which is understandable this season, right? Because he's like, he has been put into this body in a world that he is not familiar with. Yeah. So right. he's just sort of like wandering around aimlessly trying to figure out what the hell his mission is. Correct. Now he's finally going to find it. Yeah. And that should be very interesting for the character. I have no idea where Maeve goes from here. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they need her. I mean, they're going to bring her in, right? Because Tammy yeah. Newton is like one of the big, big anchors. Oh, she's a fantastic know. actress. But I, again, I, the way it ended is like, okay, she she kind of had her, her she way didn't, out. I mean, it was a, she didn't. Like, so that's where I feel like she has to be back because I feel like it would be a disservice to the character if this is the like the basically so to me she's like now the bodyguard so to speak or the one that's going to be the muscle um to mm, kind of well, help yeah, lead especially this if she's facing down Chaloris. and again yeah. now that she like has her powers in the yeah. real world if you're looking for somebody who like hmm, who's somebody who can mentally futz with hosts to mm-hmm. possibly stop them from taking over the world. Yeah. Now that you know, Maeve was able to listen to Rehoboam this episode. <laughs> it seems like the sky's the limit for what she's exactly. capable of doing. But exactly. is Maeve a bodyguard or is Maeve a leader? Co-leader, co-manager. <laughs> assistant that always to the works regional, out. Assistant to the assistant regional manager. Not assistant uh, to assistant regional manager. Yeah, I because I uh, I don't see Maeve being just the bodyguard. That, that wouldn't be justice for her character. Could you see something where, like, she blends into the background now? Like, she is now a host masquerading as a human. Uh, I mean, she, they end with, this be- with that beautiful shot, and obviously one of her more famous lines, this is the, n- the new world, and the new world you can be whoever the F you want. Who does Maeve want to be in this new world? Like, I guess this is a new world for her, uh, as much as she sort of has been dragged out of wherever she was by Sorak to sort of fulfill this purpose, she's now matured beyond that, and now mm-hmm. she has like, much like the humans have been freed, so so is she. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I really look forward to see like kind of what path she chooses, and you know, uh, with her powers, um, I think she's an essential component to to what happens after or what happens in the future seasons. Yeah, I, and from that perspective, like, it's exciting. It just makes me... And maybe season four will help recontextualize season three as well. Maybe. Because, again, it just it seemed like she did not have the best sense of judgment, which is fine. Characters can be fallible. But yeah. it seemed like Maeve was built out so super powerful and so mm-hmm. super interesting in season one and arguably in parts of season two yeah. that, like, it just didn't, didn't feel right for season three mm-hmm. and Tandy Newton was doing her best and she was kicking yeah. ass, you know, using that katana this episode yeah. in particular and getting to exact her revenge. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to really wrap my head around what, what was her intentions? What, what did she, what did Ciroc offer her? Yeah. That really made her want to stick to her gun so much. Exactly. Exactly. Because like you finally had the, like her child's uh, in safety, right? It's in the great beyond. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was kind of the conclusion of season two, and to me, like what the that drive, like there was just there wasn't anything there that matched that drive anymore. And uh, to not, me, it's not like they for ha- her to go after Dolores that way. No, exactly. Like to me, it's like yeah. it made more sense to support Dolores to make sure your daughter's safe in the Great Beyond. So, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put this one up here from Sasha. Uh, can't someone just print out a new Maeve daughter and give her some relief? 
That's the thing is that all her. I mean, if if Bernard wants to go into the Valley Beyond, right? Because I think the thing is that like all the host data, anyone who went into the Valley Beyond is like there. There's no backup data that all got destroyed. So like, if someone wants to do it, or if someone wants to just find a random girl and convince Maeve that it's her daughter, go. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did Maeve want the key that, that Bernard? Ha- I mean, that she thought Dolores had. Maybe not that was really. I, I'm just, I'm just trying. I'm grasping. Yeah, here. it's just weird because again, there were moments where she's like, she was very adamant of like, no, I'm not just doing it because, you know, yep. my daughter could possibly be in trouble. Yeah. Like she specifically said, like you know, Sorak is offering help, and so it seemed like there was a larger purpose behind it. Again, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Because Sorak yep. to me wasn't that convincing. As, as no. As, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, when they made like you weren't actually going to do it, were you? Like, duh. Of and, course not. Like he never seemed like a genuine person. No, and, because he, he, you know, he killed people in front of her, and I, I never saw. I just, I don't know. And and where I kind of like had hope was the extra scene or a feature at at the end of last week's episode. Lisa Joy said like. How many times have like two powerful women been pitted against each other by you know some male uh, overlord or something? Um, and you know that's not going to happen forever. But at the end, like this whole like rev- revelation for her just wasn't compelling enough to kind of justify you know Maeve and Dolores being pitted against each other. And better to me, I think, if Maeve had her own motivations and her own drive to kind of go against Dolores versus her kind of being uh Ciroc's toady and then just trying to you know do the bidding for somebody else like that to me just well, wasn't as compelling for a character like me which is so powerful um and, and so badass like to me just ha- being the sidekick or the, you know just the 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 muscle for Ciroc was just kind of like mm. like to, I think to your point Jack like it, it wouldn't befit that character if she was the bodyguard going for for Caleb same yeah. thing for this season her being basically the muscle to try and take out Dolores for Ciroc is just not good for that character. No. That being said, I thought the scene between her and Dolores was beautiful. Oh, absolutely. I, oh, yeah. I think that as much as we were like, yeah, let's finally have them face off, just having the two of them like talk to one another or even like the flashback to one of the loops where Dolores and Maeve are looking across at each other from different sides of the riverbank mm-hmm. was like just a really really well done yeah. scene and i guess if we're segueing to dolores like i'll put on my hot take now i i really hope this is like the the end the end of evan rachel wood <laughs> just because i thought this was like a fantastic send-off for the yes. dolores character and bringing her back would just feel cheap weird it feel mean, unless, unless we're doing like you know a shalores type of thing of like this is dolores's essence but it really Im- is imbued with another type of character like this feels like a fantastic ending to this character who mm-hmm. got what she wanted. She came full circle, being yeah. the one who was activated, going to activating somebody else. Yeah. You know, as much as we might think that she wanted to take arms against the ugliness of humanity, she more so wanted them to discover their own kindness. Like, I, I just thought it was a cool way to call back to the rancher's daughter that we saw in the very first episode to the point where the very first shot in the previously on was the last shot of the of the of the pilot of her mm-hmm. smacking the fly that was like yep. one of the a great callback to like all the roles that she's played mm-hmm. throughout not only Westworld the show but her life as a character. Yep, exactly, and that's it, like I, I so much. I think you called out about her going back to her original form with the kind of the old school Westworld body and 
um, how, you know, they made them weak. We were really strong in the beginning with the whole, like, the sword, the katana sword just getting stuck in her arm was really bad. And Maeve's like, what? And again, it's just like, oh, there's Shaloris screwing things up. Boo! And then, um, <laughs> and then you have uh, kind of Dolores's ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate play to kind of give the keys of the kingdom to Caleb, and then having that moment with Maeve, where you know, can, it kind of showing Maeve the light and what she was really trying to do, um, and then also setting up for Bernard and um, I'm blanking on her, his ex-wife or Arnold's ex-wife's name. Lauren, um, I think. I think it was Lauren, I think. Um, like that was a really beautiful scene. So, like, so much of Dolores' kind of conclusion I thought was really moving, really compelling. And uh, it was it was really beautiful where he had that, you know, there's a beauty in this world. Um, and, uh, and especially... Well, it's her favorite, her favorite place, too, because she, she kind of mentioned it the week before when she was uh, yeah. going in Mexico with uh, Caleb. That's the thing is that, you know, it's so interesting that they specifically tortured Dolores by dismantling her memories, considering that how did she come into who she is now is because she had the reveries, right? She she yeah. had memories that rem- made her remember, like, her true reality. Now they're sort of taking her apart, so she is sort of dying in a sense. But, yeah, and I loved going back there because, like, that is the place where she woke up, and that's the place that she remembers the most uh you know the the ones that she's left is in this final sprint are are the happy memories and yeah. the times where yes it was an ugly world that even she lived in in the park but there were still kindness in it and i also like yeah. the pairing of the first monologue she gives at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. which is like the perverted turn right like the you know i looked in this world you know i that has ugliness in it and i saw the beauty uh, but also, I realized how little beauty there was. Yep. Now we turn it back at the end of the episode of like, maybe that was Dolores putting up a front or coming across in that regard. Mm-hmm. But now she's like telling Maeve, essentially, you know, these are my words. Take it and go. And I just think, you know, the way she disappeared from the memories as well was really nice. And even just going back through my notes for season three, there were so many... I'll go back to the very first scene we saw in episode one where, you know, there's that mogul guy who's like, you know, in, in this heavily fortified house and then Dolores mm-hmm. breaks in uh, right. and he dies because he tries to kill her. She's a hologram. Mm-hmm. He falls into the pool. So his wife comes out and asks, who are you? And Dolores says, the person who set you free. Mm-hmm. And I right. feel like that's one of those things where like in retrospect, you're like, how did I not realize that? You <laughs> yeah. know, like th- that, that was her goal the entire time. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was the, misdirect- the misdirection they had the whole time where they kept saying, she, you know, she's in the world, in the world, in the world, you know. But I think what Mike's saying here is like right there, right in the beginning. Well, it, like, it, no. was, it was there. It was there the whole yeah. time. Yeah. We just didn't. But that's the thing as well is that like, uh, you know, I think this was talked about in the feature read of like, you know, when you, when you change uh, already established systems, like, I mean, Dolores says it in this episode, right? Like, change is messy. Change is mm-hmm. dirty. But, like, you know, change can also be for the better. And so it's one of those yep. things where, like, it did seem like Sirach was really perpetuating this thing of, like, we should be afraid of change. Like, let's not change the status quo. But Dolores is really saying, like, yeah, this is going to be nasty. But this is what you need as a society if you no longer want to be sort of imprisoned by this overarching technology. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on this episode before we hear what our listeners had to say? I did like when Dolores told Maeve that you're all a copy of me. 
Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Because I think that also means that's also a great symbol, right? Of like, even though Dolores is gone, her message is certainly not forgotten. She sort of lives on in every host, even if Shaloris is creating the hosts. Mm -hmm. Like she's going to, her essence is going to live on with everybody who follows her. So even Mm -hmm. though Evan Rachel Wood might not be back, and I believe that the creators confirm like this version of Dolores is officially gone. Uh, her spirit is still going to live on, much like the spirit of Ford has right. lived on after his death. Mm-hmm. Which is a cool idea, because again, that was end of season two, right? Dolores said, like, you know, we're as, li- we're as alive as people remember us to be. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. that's the thing with Dolores here. She she became like a ghost in the machine in a way. Uh, she became the very thing that brought her to life, and now she's going to be the thing that brings others to life, and she's the thing that's going to keep on keeping on, even though she's not there. Correct. Yeah, I think, and even uh, Lauren had that too, where it's just like it was. I, I had to go and continue living because that's what kept the memory of my son alive. That's what kept him alive, you know, even after right. he passed away. So, um, which is a, a theme that's been kind of repeated over and over again. So, um, yeah, awesome. Um, all right. Well, that is what we thought about this episode. Now it's time to get into what you all thought about it with listener you all, everybody. feedback. Well, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Listener feedback. All right, it's listener feedback time. Time to hear what you all thought about this episode. And uh, we have a metric ton of emails. First email, I'm going to actually do one from uh, last uh, week. And this one is from our dear friend, Shandy. Uh, Hey, guys, I'm finally catching up after being a few episodes behind. One quick thought on episode seven. Why would Ciroc have left... A holographic message for his brother in English. Obviously, would have spoken to his brother in French. Is it really too much to ask for the audience to read subtitles for two seconds? Small thing, but the incongruence annoys me. Sad I won't watch. Be watching episode eight with you all in Raleigh. Thank you, Shandy. Could there be like a maybe I've been watching too much Star Trek, but like a Universal Translator thing where maybe it was uh. in French and like <laughs> they just heard it in English because it's their natural tongue. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with the mic on that one. Um, our uh, Shandy will appreciate this. Our uh, Disney Plus, for some reason, on the Apple TV keeps changing the language to French, oh, that's and I have fun. to change it each episode. And I don't. It's not in settings, and I don't know why it's doing it. But anyway, so it's, uh, it's possessed by some. Uh, yeah, for for Shandy, uh, Disney Plus is making me listen to French, uh, the French language for everything that I'm watching. So. I like uh, I like Jack's idea that like you're gonna pop it on and like Sorox just gonna show up in the screen and like give you a <laughs> greeting like you stumbled upon like this is what Rehoboam actually is. Yeah, it was all real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Shandy, it was sad we didn't have our uh, podcast get together weekend uh, this weekend. I think we've moved it to September sometime. We did do a lot of fun like Zoom meetups this weekend though, which was which was a good time. All right, uh, next up is Sasha. Sasha Flick, who's in the audience right now. So, Sasha, we get to read. Hopefully, I read your email as well as you write it. Um, (laughs) So, hello, Jay, Jack, and Mike. It's Sasha. I have to say, I found this episode simultaneously heart-pounding and confounding, intriguing and beguiling, heartfelt and cold, and altogether an apocalyptic buffet of badassery. 
Perhaps, as has been suggested before by you, Trio, there might have been an original intent for more episodes in this season. I think this episode makes it clear that there was probably supposed to be at least nine, maybe even ten episodes. There's just so much crammed into this one. Note, I have watched this finale twice, but I have still found some storylines a tad confusing and whole-ridden. But I nonetheless nonetheless enjoyed every minute of it. So climb aboard the Hot Take Express. Here we go. <laughs> Huge kudos to the Sutton fight coordinators on this episode. All of the action and fight sequences were incredible. Yeah, the Dolores taking on all the uh, all the guards right outside of Insight yeah. was so, so well done. Yes. Uh, Except we didn't even mention was. we thought she was finally captured. She takes the gun and blows her foot off. That was... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, she was just full on, like, killing guys point blank. She uses one to shield her body as they fall into a car. Yeah. Shoots them on the way down, though, too. That's cool. Uh, and shout out to my sisters and brothers in the VFX on this episode and all season. This episode was incredibly well done. Uh, I guess Sasha is in the visual effects uh, field, so that's awesome. And that, I, I would say, I guess you know, it's it's everywhere. But I would say that watching, you know, uh, watching Evan Rachel Wood do the like original Dolores body for longer than like thirty seconds that we're used to was like it was cool to see it in a scene to the point when she was like pulling on her own hand like a glove. Yeah, it was a really cool effect. Right. Yep, indeed, indeed. Um, at the shootout at the old timey garage, if Elazo Lawrence is another Dolores copy, uh, and is he, she is asking Bernard to go find the real Dolores. Was that then an early signaling of the Dolori being independent, like what Charlotte evolves into later? Well, so I thought that the address that Bernard was given was to Lauren, not to Dolores. Correct, correct. But Bernard thought it was to Dolores. Correct. So, yeah, so maybe, I mean, either it's working towards a bigger plan or it could just be that he was directed by somebody else. Maybe it was Ford. Who knows? You know, Ford mm-hmm. knows Arnold. Could could this have been Ford's spirit talking from some sort of beyond the grave voice to, to give Lawrence the direction to like, hey, have him sort of reconcile his feelings so he can move on, go into the valley beyond and carry out this mission. Never maybe. thought about that. It'd be cool if it was revealed, but it might not reveal it in this episode. Maybe Anthony Hopkins was busy or something. But um, I'm confused about the gent Sebastian who finds Dolores post EMP. Is this the same guy who worked for Ciroc later in the episode? I believe it is. Uh, that's just me saying that. Uh, help me on this, or am I really bad, just badly confusing the actors? Like later, the fight between Caleb and Sebastian is truly confounding. This look, looks like the same guy that presumably packed up Dolores in some kind of Ziploc coffin for Caleb to find. I really don't get it. It's, this is the biggest problem for me unless they're trying to show he was a double agent somehow. But why? Again, I might be confusing the actors. But in that case, the director needed to change your beard. Um, no, I it, was think- the same, it, it, it was the same guy. Was it? I, I thought it I could just. So. Thought- it could have easily have been like the generic, you know, slicked back bearded security guy that we've seen many, many times. I thought it was the same guy. I have to go back I and thought- watch it. I thought it was the same, but I could be confused because they were pretty generic uh, bearded security guard guys. You know, people with a beard. Uh, we're, we're very stereotyped. Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell us apart. Um, but no, I think that wasn't the same Dolores that he packed. I don't know. It is true. There's too many. Well, remember uh, that the facility that may visited like has the host goo like it has all the capabilities to construct hosts so Mm -hmm. i don't know if they went all the way there or if they were able to get 
materials from there, but that sort of is where they were able to bring everything. So this was not like the OG Dolores body. This was just like a very simply constructed metal skeleton from mm-hmm. that facility. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the revelation, uh, or sorry, how does Dolores not know that Charlotte is still alive? I do, however, love the newly reborn Charlotte, badass as ever, and a true HBIC uh, is once again going to usurp her boss and do it her way. Um, well, Bernard, that- didn't Bernard know that Dolores was there was something wrong with Dolores? What do you mean? I thought he said he he, he thought felt there oh, was yeah. something. It, he, it was, he, it's, it's, it's he sort of had his uh, Obi Wan moment, like right, yeah. like he felt like a you know Dolores's life was snuffed out. Yeah, there's uh, a disturbance in the connected. force. Be careful now with that, the force references. We'll actually, get another, going back to, to the Bernard, I believe that Lawrence was given that same case by like the Musashi in yes. the last episode. So maybe it was Dolores wanted yeah. him to jump into the valley beyond to sort of again continue her work, which again shows how she lives beyond the grave. Correct. Correct. Um, let's see. The revelation that all hosts are built from Dolores, of course, makes sense in hindsight and is a smart way to handle her ex- exit. She's never really gone. Exactly. Uh, Del- Dolores sending Bernard Arnold to see his old wife to get closure is a clear example of one of the acts of human kindness that Dolores uh, uh, reveres. And so she gave Bernard that gift. This scene between Bernard and Lauren is the most beautiful in the whole finale, in my opinion. I would agree. Uh, it also helps bring us full circle on the season regarding dementia and the ties between Caleb and Bernard and living in their truth. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause I mean, that was one of our first big uh, motivators, right? Jack, your theory that Caleb was a host because <laughs> his mom didn't recognize him, but it turns out right. it's more so about this idea of memory and, you know, yeah. living with your memory, losing your memory, being stripped of your memory. Let yeah. me play the role of Jack here. Well, we didn't see that it wasn't actually Caleb. Yeah, I, I never denied that, so move on. We never saw it. Uh, <laughs> something that I noticed. Oh, sorry. I don't know why, but in Westworld, there's a lot of escalator acting required. It's a good, good call out. It's escalator every season. Uh, something I noticed that may just be a coincidence during the post credit scene when William arrives at the Dallas reception... Uh, that's a weird cactus-like plant on the desk in the reception counter. This looks just like a smaller size of the two cactus large plants that were in the hallway. Shit out much earlier in the episode between Dolores and all the goons. It's either a really sharp visual callback or something else, but I think it's intentional. Also brings to mind the southwest setting of Westworld and Cacti. I didn't mm. notice that. Mm. I didn't see it. Uh, the battle between the two Williams at the end is a perfect culmination of all the fears the real William was feeling early in the season. I think deep down somewhere he knew he would replace by, with a host William, and it was literally driving him crazy. William finally manages to crawl his way out of insane, only to be confronted with his literal literal fear, fear coming true, beating the hell out of him and killing him. Thanks again so much for all you do, and a great season. Sasha, P.S., rest in peace, Ethan. I guess that gives <laughs> William Strike a little bit more context. That's interesting. If if he if he always knew that like he'd inevitably be replaced, and so he's just like that's one other thing that's driving him crazy. Hmm. I mean, I guess you know he is someone who used this technology on James Delos, right? So you have to assume that like he's going to be susceptible to it at some point as well, unless he yeah. feels like he can defy it. Maybe. Maybe I. I... Yeah, we'll see. I I do like the idea. I think uh, was it you, Mike, that came up with it, of you know the 
the soul of of William combating this evil man in black William or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah, see like, how that yeah, all plays out. Yeah, like the out. reanimated soul of William that we saw yeah. in the season and two post credits. Exactly. Combating the soulless man in black <laughs> that we saw at, in the season three post credits. I don't see William doing that. Give Ed Harris <laughs> twice as much to do. Next <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, make, even, though did, even though he did have like three of him in a room at one point this season. You can't go wrong with more Ed Harris, but I just don't see William being the. He, he's not. It'll on. make Eckhart happy. It'll make Eckhart happy. Anyway, happy, happy, happy. Uh, dear happy boy. Uh, this next one is from not Ethan, so don't worry, Ethan. We have to wait another two years before I read your email. It's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> dear friends, Jack, not Jack, and Mitch, and to all the many <laughs> Ethans and slight variations of Ethans, may the fourth be with you all. Now that we have come to the end of the season, my consciousness has been merged with Rehobram. And you won't hear from me until season four of Westworld, pending 2027. Thus, I will indulge a quick history lesson previously on emails from Not Ethan. Once upon a time, back when the Lost Rewatch podcast produced ep- new episodes, and we were together enjoying Leftover Season 2, Jack had a mortal enemy. His name was Ethan. It was from that bond that Einstein's theory of duplicates emerged and sprang forth the twin, Not Ethan. To be a foil to Ethan and an ally to Jack. This proved very effective for a long while. However, sometime in the past three years, while Westworld was off the air, Jack went and became friends with Ethan without my knowledge. So much so that they now apparently do their own separate podcast together. Naturally, not Ethan knew nothing about this. And thus, we have been in a tailspin ever since. As not Jack actually seems to be the more antagonistic to Ethan these days than Jack himself. For whom shall a non-Ethan toll? Where do we go from here? I believe we all have a choice. <laughs> is Jack going to remain true to himself, only to get his throat slit by a robot version of himself in the near future? For the record, Jack, I never said that William was a good guy by any stretch. I simply resisted the tidy box of labeling William as pure evil while the other characters were allowed to live in shades of gray. Anywho, as a series and emails from not Ethan come to an end until season four greets us in season uh, in the days of COVID-27, I will aid my <laughs> dear old friend and ally, Jack. Uh, I will aid my old, uh, my dear old friend and ally, Jack, one last time by giving him a crackpot theory to end all crackpot theories. Ooh. All right. I can't wait for this. Here goes it. Sometime soon, probably not season four, maybe season five, the consequences of this season's actions will become so extreme that the real world will have torn itself apart to dust. And the setting will become practically post-apocalyptic in nature, and thus the end of Westworld will bring us back to our roots. (coughs) But not to the park. Instead, the real world will become a place very much resembling the original park, and that brave land of future Westworld is where we all... We'll make our final stands. Until then, my fellow Jedi spirits, live long and namaste. The original wrench in the system. Not Ethan. Nice. He brings up an interesting point, though, because, I mean, when uh, when asked Rehoboam, like, you know, if we go off of Solomon's strategy, what's going to happen? It said, what, like, you know, mass... uh, Mass culling, population culling, like six to ten years from now, one ten to twelve to sixteen years from now, right? And then a uh, human extinction. I think, like they said, like fifty to one hundred twenty-five years from now. I guess the big question is, 
was that path diverted mm-hmm. with what Caleb did? And I guess that Correct. that I think that's going to be like I would say that's probably going to be the main uh, question for the rest of the series. Maybe or is that or is that what happened when we see Bernard wake up? Yeah, exactly. Like, could this have been after humans are extinct and now mm-hmm. the, the Earth really is populated by hosts and they have to rebuild it? And what does that society look like? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that could be the direction they go. Could That'd be. be crazy if they flash forward another, like, 50 years. That's season six, the zombie season. That's season seven. <laughs> I mean, we, we begin to, like, the 2100s by then. Yeah. Yep. It's true. It's true. Uh, not Ethan. Thank you for your emails. In a world mm-hmm. in which uh, Jack is a traitor to this podcast, <laughs> I appreciate your levity. Um, all right. Uh, next up is an email from one of those traitors, Eckhart Richter. Uh, dear Jack and Mike, by the way, <laughs> by the way, Eckhart, turn up strong. By the way, uh, I wouldn't even accept an invite to your podcast. All right, I heard your little comment at the end of your last episode, BT Dubs. Uh, thank you for another great season of covering westworld looking forward to hearing both of your insightful comments and theories again (laughs) when season four airs ed harris was amazing we should all work hard to improve our cursing that we might one day reach one-tenth the level of the skill he displayed in his biltmore hotel lobby foul mouthing eckhart yeah hard to argue with it right mike yeah i mean Listen, yeah. I, anyone who values my opinions is probably a misguided individual, but I'm going to you know, <laughs> cherish the moment nonetheless. All right, moving on to better emails. This one from <laughs> Charmaine uh, <laughs> from Toronto. Uh, I want to express my appreciation for how graciously you all agreed to get, disagree with me last week. This is why... You are the best Westworld podcast. You always Aww. keep it classy. Well, thank you, Charmaine. We are the best. Um, compared to some it? other shows. Featuring a heart. Uh, you, pers- <laughs> you persuade me uh, that I am focusing on what's missing at the expense of seeing what's there. So I had this idea. There, were, there would be a great big reveal in this final episode, and it would make, all make sense. Some thought it was about Caleb not being Caleb. He's Sirach's brother. He's Rehoboam in human form. Some thought it would be about Sirach being part of a simulation, a constellation of simulations. Everyone was wrong. It's just that Dolores knew Caleb from a training exercise back at the park. Oh, and hosts can have visual hallucinations. That was kind of interesting. Is it me? Uh, am I just this hard to impress? The best moment of that finale was Sirach yelling for her Rehoboam like it was misbehaving Alexa. Which was kind of weird because, <laughs> which was which was kind of weird because, uh, does a uh, uh, puppet yell at a puppeteer? Uh, second best stubs in his happy place motel room with access to booze. <laughs> I suppose if we consider the worlds in chaos, more hosts are being manufactured. Bernard opened a file that has uh, turned him into something undetermined at some undetermined far future date. Then maybe season four could be an interesting pivot. What does the world look like in year 2100? After the nuclear holocaust that has covered Bernard in dust, will we see the post-human planet predicted by Rehoboam? 
I think that uh, up to the credits, they were giving us a series finale. I don't ho- hold out much hope that people remember enough or care enough to tune into season four in 2022. So I need you to tell me what you're podcasting about next because I would miss you guys. Aww. Charmaine from Toronto. Probably mm. season four of Stranger Things would be our next thing. Right, but jumps. I don't know if they... I think they were filming stuff uh, earlier this year. I don't know if they finished. That's true. So, I think the unfortunate thing, Charmaine, is that a lot of stuff is in limbo. <laughs> yes. Given what yeah, they happened. Put out, they put out some teasers, but I don't think... I don't know if they finished or not yet, right? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. Can look they haven't up, said anything. But... When was no, it supposed it's... to premiere? I forget when it was supposed to premiere. Was it 2021 or... Yeah, I would imagine so. Anyway. Yeah, lots um, on hold, that's for sure. Well, uh, it'll be the uh, Marble Races with Jay, Jack, and Mike. That'll be our next <laughs> podcast. That is that is addicting to watch. I'm sorry. I watch it too. I love Marble Races. You talk about the marbles in the same? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I watch it like three times. The other ones I really like are the Matchbox cars with, with the GoPro on it, and they run it through the track. I really like those. Ooh, that's fun. Um. Anyway, thank you, Charmaine. <laughs> I like listen, I, I think we've talked about it on this episode. There's storylines that just didn't they didn't nail this season. Um, whether that was they didn't have enough episodes to do it or they just spent too much time focusing on other characters, but I thought Dolores' storyline was really good, Caleb's storyline was really good, I thought Sorak's storyline was really good. But I, I, I do agree it was an it was an imperfect season, which started really strong, I it thought, did. but it, it they couldn't quite stick the landing for everything. I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed the season. Yeah. Yeah. That, be, uh, that being said, how would you rank the seasons? Would oh, you go one, two, three? I think so. I go, I go, I go one, three, two. I'm, I'm between the two just because, like, I I would not say that season two was not without fault. No. As yeah. well. Um, one is clearly clearly the best. I mean, it's, it's not yeah. even. But, like, where two it's, had, it's, it's, like, it's, some. Really like not great stuff, but then had these amazing stories. Right, I would or, say I would or, say two is more uneven. Yes, uh, where three definitely had some some paths that might not have been as fulfilling, but it definitely felt more compact and concise. Yes. Uh, which I think is is what we're talking about here, which sort of was a double edged sword, double edged katana, in that like because they were able to keep things super tight, there were some things that didn't make sense in retrospect. Two, just maybe it's because it was purposely meant to confuse us with the multiple timelines. Yeah. Unless you rewatch it, like it just felt so disjointed and almost confusing for the sake of confusing. Like you said, Jay, there was still some really, really great stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 really. It, I agree. It's one, and then it's it's really pick your battle between two or three for those those last two spots. Yep. So uh, the audience, Eckhart says one three two. Sasha says one three two. Matt says season two was junk. Uh, Randy says one, two, three. Uh, and Eckhart gives a little more context. Two is too disjointed. Uh, also has a lot of unnecessary shooting scenes. Um, but it, I, I think uh, there's no wrong answers. Just like your favorite Star Wars movie, unless you put Rise of Skywalker number yeah. one. Uh, I was going to no say, like, there, according to you, there is a wrong answer. So. Yeah, it's just that one. But other than that, there's no wrong answers. Um, right, all right. Rise of Skywalker is my favorite. Have you watched it? Mm-hmm. When did you watch it? I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. What happens? Yeah. Well, do you want me to spoil everybody? Uh huh. Anyway, you talking about the latest Star Wars? Yeah, the one that just came out. 
Yeah, your mom and I went and watched it. Oh, you, oh that's right. You did. I'm sorry. I forgot. Um, you know, I, I love being called a liar. I was wrong. Why is there a reason for me to lie? I was wrong. <laughs> I saw them all in the theater. So. Uh, anywho. Season, uh, uh, by the way, Stranger Things season four production of the fourth season began in February 2020, with the season oh. expected to be released during the 2020 to 2021 television season. However, production of the series was halted due to the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic in March 2020, leaving its release date in limbo. Yeah, that's uh, once you said February 2020, I was like, nope. <laughs> so that's going to be if they because again, we're dealing with a lot. You know, the main characters are kids, kid actors who are growing. How are they going to, so they've stopped production, what, about two or three months ago? Mm-hmm. So it might not come back for a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. How especially, do they, especially if they're, they're filming in the winter. Yeah, so how do they, I mean, you know, it's like you got kids that are 14, suddenly they're 19. How, how they're, they're, gonna, they're going to look different is what I'm trying to say. Is how are we going to, how are you going to explain that? I mean, they, they can obviously do a jump forward in time. I think that's a little easier. I mean, that's I can imagine that's maybe one reason why they're doing that with Westworld too, right? It's no, they like, could they could be filming out of order though. They could be filming, right? I mean, they don't have to film it episode one, two. I mean, I don't know the different scenes and how the production works, but I don't know. It just seems like it it, it could be a problem. Yeah, I, I think when I don't know, we're. All productions, unless they were already wrapped up and done and ready to release in 2020, are not. We're gonna have to wait. We'll see. Um, we'll see. But if it just, picks back just up, go to speak, we'll, we'll be CGI there. CGI actors. Everything CGI. Well, then you need artists too, and they need like you know really expensive big computers that probably aren't in their houses. Well, they can put um, in their house and stuff like that. Just big deal. Uh. Anyway, all right. One last email for this season, and it's fitting. But this last email is from Ethan. Ooh, he made it under the wire. And it was more than one sentence. So thank you, Ethan, for trying. <laughs> um, Jay, Jack, and Mike. Wow, just imagine what the world was like just short, just eight short weeks ago. It's really been crazy thinking about what the actual world has been through since Westworld started. I know we have fun on this show, but I did want to thank Jack for the opportunity of doing coverage on Crazy Hank. While we all know it was just a way for him to get his theories for this show, it was still <laughs> somewhat of an honor. I'm not going to lie. It, uh, it, it, that could be possible. <laughs> I've watched it. I don't want to say the other two hosts carry it for you, Jack, but I'm just saying. I'm, uh, I really oh, enjoyed... I, I, I'm a fence. I just sit there and... <laughs> I really enjoyed this season. I even got choked up once or twice during the finale. This year, we saw Delos, uh, Dolores go from gun crazy Wyatt to the awesome Neo Trinity combo we were all expecting her to be. I'm sure uh, it has been discussed, but this season will only rise, in my opinion, if the stakes of Dolores being dead are not false. I love Evan Rachel Wood and don't want her to leave, but they made a huge deal of it, so I hope it wasn't a flash, flashy misdirection. I Amen. I agree. Yeah, much like Anthony Hopkins season one, maybe there'll be like a flashback kind of thingy. But yeah, I think yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't it. seem like they usually. I mean, I guess what when you know, uh, maybe a bunch of them got shot down in the season two finale. But I don't think any of us assumed that they were like mm-hmm. dead, dead. So it does seem like this show is oh, doesn't pull a Walking Dead essentially, and is okay with like killing off their main characters. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. 
I totally agree with Ethan, though. I thought it was a beautiful way to send off Evan and Rachel Wood, to send off the character of Dolores. Maybe we could see flashbacks and bring back Evan and Rachel mm -hmm. Wood. But I Correct. mean, if you see Lawrence in this episode, they're more than fine to have cameos from period previous main characters. Correct. Correct. Um, it's kind of the, the advantage of them being hosts or whatever, is you can have these, you know, uh, cameos. Right. Um, yeah, hell, we, saw Jim, we saw Jimmy Simpson like three episodes yeah. ago. So like they're more than happy to bring back actors. And he was in a flashback in this episode, even though it was a previously filmed scene. Uh, let's see. Let me gush about he Jeffrey. Was he was smiling and happy before he became, you know, bad William. Let me gush about Jeffrey Wright for a minute. The scene with Gina Torres was amazing. And while all the pew pews are fun in this kind of thing, uh, uh, this kind of thing... Uh, I, this is the kind of thing I live for. They certainly went out of their way to stack this show from the onset. Now that a certain Mr. Hopkins is gone, we have a younger actor of, dare I say, the same caliber in our little genre show, which is really nice. I'm also very excited to see what Aaron Paul does in the future. Speaking of Bernard, let's discuss the post-credit uh, in season four. This is my favorite part, just like last year. I certainly hope we get a lot more of Dust World in the future season. <laughs> I see they, a couple... they ran out of ideas in the park, so they're like, oh, we'll just put all the dust in one place, called Dust World. You know, there's mentions now dust, that Dust World, but also as this post-apocalyptic dust. I think it's just like you sit in a hotel for 50 or 100 years or I mean, it's just, is that just like, did the, did the hotel lose its license? Yeah. Did they just not clean the room? Did they think that somebody was in there? It, yeah, that that too. The hotel well, would have had to have shut had, down they, if they nobody touched them. Yeah, so. exactly. They just uh, they're really courteous. They're like, okay, I guess they really doesn't want to be disturbed. We won't it's clean. A, it's a good point. Like that hotel would have had to have gone out of business that night and then just abandon it uh, for him. I mean, to there, be there, left there were gunshots going on outside, so like maybe yeah. maybe the, the 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 hotel people just up and left. And then well, they just abandon everything. Maybe whatever, like maybe the end of the world type thing happens right after. Yeah, I mean, we, we did see the explosions happen. So maybe yeah. like infrastructure was torn apart and craziness happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I see a couple of scenarios. One, we don't get Bernard next year as we need to see how we get to that point. And he doesn't look like he's moving from that bed anytime soon. Uh, two, we get the parallel story of Bernard and the Sublime as well as the Caleb Mave rise. I prefer option two is I want more Jeffrey Wright, and I can't wait to see what Bernard, whoever comes back in his body, has up in their s sleeves. A sprawling epic that ends thousands of years later sounds amazing to me. Also, that we may see how the new Man in Black evolves into the fidelity-tested William is very excited. exciting. Again, another great season that has me really pumped for season four. The only thing I'll say in Star Wars segment of the show is, may the fourth be with you always. Uh, so I leave you, Jay, Jack, and Mike, now one last time for Westworld Season 3 with gratitude and thanks for your entertaining work. And for those of you who I won't dignify by using their names, real or fake, I leave you with a quote from our dearly departed Dolores Abernathy, you're all copies of me. Oh! <laughs> Drop that mic. I yeah. love it. Ethan for the win. Uh, see you in 2022, the original, the sublime, Ethan. Oh, I love that. That was a you can't argue with that line. I mean, uh, you know, hey, he brought it in the last uh, episode. He was kind of mailing it in before that, but uh, Ethan, <laughs> he was phoning it in, right? Yeah, phoning it in. All right, well, uh, that will wrap up our listener feedback. And Jack usually 
uh, does not uh, do a crackpot theory of the week on the season finale because he's lazy. Um, but do you have anything inspired that you want to say? What we're going to expect in season four? I, you know, I, you don't know what direction they're going to go. So you, you have to, if they're going to go the where you see, uh, you see, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bernard wake up. You got to think that they're going to move further in the future. And it's going to be some kind of, but I, I seriously have no idea what they're going to do. Uh, I do want to uh, uh, chronicle uh, the, the fan, uh, the, everyone's love of Ethan's email. Uh, Eckhart, which is a bit biased. This is such a good email. Oh, snap to his mic drop. Sasha. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Standing O. Ooh. So there you go, Ethan. Not Ethan. I think uh, the gauntlet's been dropped. Uh, thank you to all of our feedback that we've gotten this season. A lot of great character. A lot of really great writing. Um, yes. And... A lot of great rivalries. This felt like an entire side plot. Yes. To season. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I 100% agree, and uh, I hope all of you that contributed to this season's listener feedback section, I hope you come back uh, for season four as well, because uh, unlike the Maven Dolores showdown, you guys were uh, lived up to uh, any any expectations <laughs> I could have had for it. So, and depending on when it comes back, I may not be here. So you know, it's it just the. Uh... It depends on how when it comes back. I don't know if I can what we'll do is years. what we'll do is we'll just again. I think I've said it before. You have 15 years of documented podcasting. So what we'll do is just have a computer mm. analyze all of that, and then we'll just have like a, a algorithm based jack that'll like just this? spit and out. Yeah, no, exactly. We'll do a deep fake. We'll get like yeah. previous video footage of you and just like yep. put the the mouth. Just mm-hmm. saying those those automated words. That would that would be nice. I could live on. That would be. I'd be like Dolores. I mean, exactly. Fair, <laughs> a, a, a fair uh, a computer could pick out your patterns pretty easily. Just like Rose and Bernard work for Dharma. <laughs> Don't drive with your cell phone. Like there's, there's Ciroc the greatest is, hits. isn't alive. Yeah, Sirac isn't alive. Well, I don't oh know God. if it happened or not. We don't know for sure. See, I mean, we there's don't. easily, easily have a computer doing it. Uh, Eckhart <laughs> says, <laughs> we are working on Jack's fidelity test right now. So and there you go. And he's been failing for many, many years at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's broken. It's definitely broken. All right. Well, that will do it for this season of Westworld with Jay, Jack, and Mike. Uh, again, thank you for everyone that's listened. Uh, and to the hosts of this show, uh, Jack, we have been podcasting there for nearly 15 years. That's a really long effing that's time. That's a long time. That's, and that's you, longer, that's that's longer than most... longer, believe it or not. Yeah, we've known each that's longer than most longer. marriages, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, surprisingly enough. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's always a pleasure. Um, I couldn't imagine uh, uh, talking about this show uh, or any type of show like this without you there, Jack. So uh, thank you again for another great season of podcasting. Uh, Mike, um, uh, you are a treasure and uh, uh, one just one of my favorite uh, uh, conversations. And again, in those 15 years of podcasting, one of my favorite people to do a podcast with. So... Uh, like happy thank birthday, you. A happy birthday to your son. Yes, yes my happy son, birthday. My little Padawan was born on May 4th at 10.08 p.m., which we have passed at this point. So, yeah, he's a full year. I can't uh, believe it's I can't believe it's been a year. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I will sort of echo what Ethan said of, like, I can't believe what's changed in eight weeks. I cannot believe what's changed in a year. Yeah. Uh, right. So I'm, I'm looking forward to what's going to keep on coming for him to eventually 
see season did these seasons but hopefully not uh watch daddy's corresponding podcast they might not be well, i don't know how, how appropriate they are for children the best thing about your son when he's like eight or nine he can do the rewatch the watch first three uh, seasons to prepare for season four that's true that's, that's finally that's finally come out <laughs> i think i think we found uh the if jack dies uh conundrum we just we just have asher come on and there then uh, zach can do it as well yeah, we just have the kids generation yeah, my name. So I think it could happen. We're, we're um, raising a new generation of podcasters. But yeah, yeah. it's been awesome. I mean, again, to Ethan's point, so so much has happened both in the world and our lives. But like, this has been a really great constant to go back to each and every Monday. And you know, I've I've always loved. It's you know, it's been a while since we've gotten together and done stuff. So mm-hmm. hopefully whether it's Stranger Things or Westworld or some other show that's going to come along in the near future that we'll have an opportunity to come back together again. And I'll keep wearing this cowboy hat, I guess. <laughs> nice. As long as the cowboy hat's still together. It's like Willie Nelson's guitar. As long as the cowboy exactly. hat is still there. Uh, still on podcast. All right. Well, uh, that will do it for this season. Uh, and, uh, oh, I want to thank people that make this show possible. Our patrons, especially Tech from Tokyo, that one guy, uh, Joanne with the plan, Ed the letter carrier, uh, Drake the destroyer, uh, Maggie the magnificent, uh, Greg the gray. I think that's everybody. And I am pretty sure. Um, maybe. And then jayandjack.com slash Amazon. Use the link. Uh, if you still use Amazon, um, support our Amazon overlords. And uh, yeah. I think I think that's a good. Well, by using Amazon, Amazon for us, you're taking money away from uh, Jeff Bezos. That's he true. He's us. having to pay the J and Jack production fold. So, so if, if enough dollars. people used it, it would really put a hurt on him. He makes a hundred million dollars a day, but those like three dollars. That's yeah. I'm saying, but if, if if more people did it, it might get up to six. That's true. That's true. <laughs> make a real Wait, three dollars a day. You're way overestimating. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Anyways, all right. Well, that will do it. We'll see you all in 2027. Until then, hasta luego and goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>